Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I am thrilled to be here with you. We get together twice a week to chew on God's Word and examine what He is doing in our lives and what we are busy doing for the kingdom and share that with you, hopefully to encourage, edify, challenge, and a little bit entertain you every once in a while, if we can squeeze it in. Uh, This week, we've got Jarrell Carper. Welcome, Jarrell. It's good to be back. You've got a Bible for the first time ever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you have it memorized. That's true. That's true. You've hidden the whole thing in your heart. Yeah, that's how it works. See? Jarrell takes this stuff seriously, you guys. To be honest, I couldn't tell you my wife's phone number. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, there's like three numbers I know. Yeah, because of technology. It's bad. I could tell you my best friend from middle school's phone number because I had to call that. With an actual telephone with numbers. Yeah. When was the last time you had to dial that number? Uh, you know, I don't even know. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. That story, was a good intro. Story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, today in in the Bible, uh, we're going to talk about something that I think Christians should be really good at. Hmm. But I have found us to not be good at it. Okay. Um, I can't think of anything, so <laughs> I'm coming in blind. And I know you're thinking of <laughs> yoga, but it is not yoga. Uh, I want to read Hebrews 12, 14, and 15. Just going to plop down here out of context and go for it. So Great. trust me. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. He's a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> you can believe everything <laughs> I say. Uh, pursue peace with everyone and holiness. Without it, no one will see the Lord. Make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and defiling many. Cool. We're going to talk about forgiveness between one another, particularly Christians, and I think with anyone really, but um, maybe forgiveness that is offered by Christians to people, whether they're Christians or not. Um, as people who have received the forgiveness of Jesus. Okay. So um, there's this explicit command imperative to pursue peace with everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, without just like overly dissecting it, peace not being like a false peace, like we'll just pretend that everything's okay, but like real peace. Um, And then this kind of, which I think it's good, wording but a a root of bitterness that can spring up Mm -hmm. um and roots can go down like pretty deep right and yeah you know when i'm pulling weeds in my property i'm like really trying to get down to the root because i'm like if i clip off this dandelion (laughs) yeah in in about four days (laughs) those little white things are going to fly everywhere and i'm going to have a bigger problem Mm -hmm. so it's like all right let's get to the root and so we're going to be paying attention to like deep within us like a bitterness that would arise between other people Mm -hmm. um so we should be really good at forgiving people right like we've been forgiven i wonder i wonder where the breakdown is but i I do, I've been in Christian communities a lot and it feels like often we're, I mean, maybe not quite as bad, but we're pretty bad at like, we can hold grudges with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't all have the best like conflict resolution skills. 
Um, I know even in my own heart, the struggle to truly forgive someone that's wronged me. And I think we can eat, we could each think of like a moment or a time in our life or a person. If we just put ourselves back in that situation and remember like the injustice or the disservice or the gossip or the slander or whatever was done against us. And it's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I am weird, but (laughs) those emotions can come back pretty strong of like feeling betrayed or feeling hurt. Um, and we carry that around and oftentimes we live amongst people that there's just like a little bit of, uh, you know, friction or tension or Mm -hmm. edge or like, I'm not quite sure what I think about you. I'm not quite sure what you think about me. Um, but we don't quite have the skills or the, the wherewithal because I struggled to pull out that root of bitterness because I struggle to pursue peace. My assumption is that other people do as well. Mm-hmm. And so if I show up into a Christian setting um, and introduce some measure of weakness or vulnerability or brokenness um, that, you know, if we're trusting in the gospel of Christ that we might even want to boast in, you mm-hmm. know, it's hard to admit that sometimes into the Christian community because I still feel like I might be, judged or I might be treated differently like and I think especially as a pastor it's like how raw and broken am I allowed to be but then even just in Christian communities um, and I see it all kind of all tying together as like one of the ways that I think we can understand what it's like to be forgiven by Christ is to experience the forgiveness that we have from other Christians, mm-hmm. right? Like I've tasted what this forgiveness is like. Someone is um, like releasing their their own bitterness. They're not going to pursue revenge. They're going to come to me. They're going to talk it out. We're going to hug, whatever it is. We're going to yeah. both confess. We're going to move on. We're going to stay connected even though there was a riff at one point. And like when we're in Christian community in that sense, it's like, oh, I can better understand how that might be God's God's posture to me. So mm-hmm. um, that was just a quick intro, but I'm curious, as I was talking, what stood out to you there? Yeah, I think uh, it was an astute observation, just the, the kind of self-fulfilling nature of unforgiving, uh, being unforgiving towards others has on your own psychological state and emotional state. There's a you described what I would paraphrase as like maybe a, a frailty, but also like a fatalism, like other people are not merciful. They're not forgiving. So I'm, I feel in danger or like, I have to have my guard up because other people aren't going to show me that. And um, I'd be curious to find out how you've seen in your life uh, that root of bitterness pulled up. You know, sometimes people say, well, reconciliation is not the same as forgiveness. So you don't always have to reconcile. And I would, I would hold that to be true. But um, how have you seen it? You know, have you just had to pray and you <laughs> go, okay, Lord, I forgive them and that's it. Or does it always necessitate a confrontation where you confess and you ask forgiveness and you forgive them? So what's that look like for you? Yeah. I don't know if I would, if, 
if I should be any any type of model. <laughs> Everybody listen, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't do what I do. <laughs> well, I think every situation is different. You know, if if you misinterpreted a text message and you thought they had a little more sass, then that's a whole lot different than you're in a marriage where someone is abusive or something like that, yeah. or your parent did something like, so I, I guess I hesitate to say like, well, here's some principle to just throw out there because no, just there are some example. like severe situations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you had instances where you've, I think that's been more than just a passing feeling, um, but a real challenge oh, to forgive. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I still, there are still pieces of, I think my past that I need to go back and revisit Mm-hmm. And whether or not it includes talking to that person or somehow trying to reconcile the situation, at least do some work like within me, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think I identifying with the other person, like as a person and as someone that is complex and broken, like, um, if I sin and you call me out, I'm like, well, you know, there's excuses. Like, I meant well, but I didn't. I just didn't execute. And blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. how was that on a tough day? Mm-hmm. Can you give me some grace? Like, but then when we think about the other person, it's just like, no. <laughs> yeah. I can't give them the fact that they may have been having a tough day or mm-hmm. something else that's going on. I think um, I've often found that, you know, it's just like the classic elementary school bully of they're a bully because they're getting bullied at home or something like that. There's and not like everything is that extreme or just black and white, but there's Mm -hmm. usually like some other deeper narrative going on where it's like, man, I felt really hurt by you, but then you realize like they're actually really insecure in their relationship and they're intimidated by you. And you're like, you need no idea or something like that. Or you just thought differently about them. So there's that like initial hump. And I think this is where, it's just hard in general. I think it's hard with like the technology we have um, and just some of the people skills, but like when there is a conflict to go to like pursue peace with everyone, well, like, well, I mean, go to them and talk to them as a person and sit down and like, it's a whole lot different to like look in someone's eyes and have those, that root of bitterness and to like, than to just think about them in your brain. Mm -hmm. And I think being in the physical room with the person changes it. I think being honest with yourself and trying to articulate, okay, what is it that I'm feeling here? Why why do I have this bitterness? What was the actual offense? What went down? And then to to be honest with that person, uh, you know, and it's like it's like conflict resolution 101, but like, mm-hmm. hey, like I've been holding on to this for a week. Last Sunday when you you said this to me, um here's how that made me feel. I mean, I just feel like I'm doing like you know, it's it like stereotypical. Yeah, yeah, but it's like I wanted you to know, and I guess I just wanted you to know that I felt hurt and I was surprised because I thought like we were close friends. And it's like, I I mean, ninety nine percent of people are going to respond like positively to that, and like, right. oh, I'm so glad. I mean, I just had someone. Um, I guess I can say this. <laughs> I'm the last name in their address. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the last sermon I preached, I I had I said some stuff in a way that it wasn't fully complete. I didn't say that the way I wanted to. Here I am prefacing, right? And mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. arguing. This and wasn't I, my fault. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't my fault. I'm a complex person. <laughs> Give me grace. Um, but I got called out by two different people on the same thing. And I was just like, I I need you to know that I fully agree with you. And I think that you're right. Like mm-hmm. I did not say that the right way. 
it is not at all what I meant. If anything, I was talking about myself more than anyone. You know, I didn't have you in mind. Right. And it wasn't everyone was like thinking I was talking about them. They're like someone else. But, um, and it was just like these two people that reached out to me. I was so glad that they did. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I bet you there's another dozen that yeah. had the same thought as them and they're not going to reach out to me. Not that every time I public speak, y'all need to tell me what you didn't like. But, <laughs> um, and then that's where a part of me, you know, this is like a little bit more complex, but I try to rest in the security that, you know, I'm going to trust that my community would have the courage to come talk to me and not walk on eggshells and not fear yeah. and not overcompensate. And like, I sent, sent an email to the whole church just so you know, here's what I didn't mean. And it just kind of yeah. gets a little loose. Um, but um, to really um, identify with what you're feeling and talk. And then I think like the actual forgiveness piece is like releasing the, like absorbing the consequence or the offense of like, hey, you slandered me and that is going to ruin my reputation and that's going to be rough. Mm -hmm. But I, part of me forgiving you is recognizing I am going to absorb that consequence you know yeah. you stole from me i don't have to go buy it or i have to live without it mm -hmm. but you know it doesn't mean there isn't like reconciliation to some extent but mm -hmm. but you're going to absorb a consequence there's going to be a cost to forgiveness and like isn't that the gospel right yeah <laughs> and like um and I, I just think we often think about it in such abstract ways but it's like no you're forgiven like jesus absorbed the cost mm -hmm. and so you as someone that's forgiven as you engage with people, this is a very like real expression of belief. Um, like I was just reading first John of, you know, if you say, um, you know, you say you're walking the light, but then you go do this, like you're a liar and you're not like and the truth is not. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, conf but so confess your sins and you'll be forgiven. And it's mm -hmm. like this posture of confession. And it's, I think, um, you know, we don't necessarily have a formal structure and I understand people like react against the, Catholic confession booth or sure. maybe some pre-written prayers of confession that you may have prayed every single week and suddenly mean like are meaningless now to you. But when do we confess our sins to God? And then to what extent does maybe the lack of our personal or corporate confession then trickle down into our interpersonal relationships and we find ourselves like little like afraid, bitter silos of Christians like dancing on eggshells around one another. Yeah. Um, some of the audience is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and other people are like, oh, Jarell problems. Um, but yeah, so I don't know that it's just stuff I'm thinking of, of what mm -hmm. would it look like if we as UFC were a church that were like, man, I bet you we each have two or three people. And this is going to be one of my messages for the men's retreat. And I'm kind of just spoiling it already. Cause you, if you're a man, don't here. listen to it. Stop <laughs> listening. <laughs> but um, yeah, a practice of community like part of the way we practice community is we forgive one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I had the, just to share the other side, like the fruit of that, I've had a couple of occasions in my life where I've had a very, um, very carefully come to people in my life and, and discuss the, the sin, the slight that has been done and talk to them about that. Like, this wasn't just a sin against me. Like this was a sin against the Lord too. And to hear the results of a heart that turned to repentance, not defensiveness was really encouraging for me. Cause I don't, that's not fun for anyone to have that conversation. 
You know, it's like, oh, you hurt my feelings. Right. Also, God's really mad. You know, <laughs> like it wasn't that attitude at all. But that confession, not just to the other person, but then to the Lord is, is the one that we have to answer to regarding all of the actions and attitudes of our life. Yeah. And I, and I think that there's, you know, there's definitely ways that I could sin. I mean, I do think that pretty much all sin is to an extent corporate that it affects those around us. You're not sinning in isolation. Sure. Um, so your offense, while it is to God, 99% of the time, there's going to be a pretty close, like, like a blast. Shra- yeah. Like a shrapnel zone mm-hmm. of the effects of that. Um, and so, um, <laughs> I was going to say something about that, but yeah, like w- our confession to God is tied to our confession to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Sounds like a word. <laughs> sounds like Jesus said that or something. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> or the parable of the debtors, mm-hmm. you know, there's a clear instruction framework for us to think through how our lives are radically transformed by the forgiveness we receive, which is what you're describing. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that there's a pressure to like, I think sometimes we get defensive because we feel like we, we need to stay some measure of like righteous or good, you know, like, um, we're afraid to call ourselves sinners or we're afraid to recognize that we've maybe hurt someone or Mm -hmm. offended someone Yeah, because we feel this pressure to have a moral uprightness. So it's almost as just like, if we just will ourselves to not really think we did it, it didn't actually happen or (laughs) something. And I think like that's where we should be very quick Mm -hmm. to confess, Yeah, which leaves us kind of honest and raw. And I think the catch is, um, how do you how do you enter into a Christian community where you are afraid you might not be forgiven by them <laughs> mm-hmm. or shown grace? Yeah. Um, but still do the right thing of being weak and vulnerable and admitting your mistakes. Yeah. Um, and I obviously in anything we talk about, there could be extreme pendulum swings like the people that, you know, I mean I was uh, Bible college and there's open mics and people are like publicly confessing. <laughs> like, oh, I do. <laughs> yeah, 30 minutes of their sins to the whole chapel and we're all just like, this is just not the place. And yeah. you know, you don't need to be self-deprecating, mm-hmm. and, which I think is part of the Christian community's job. But um, yeah, I, I just think, yeah, I mean, I, what would UFC look like if we were a place that, um, oh yeah, <laughs> like we're just showing a little bit of rawness and then not being afraid of it. And well, I think the answer to that is security, isn't it? Like what would happen if? Yeah. Well, yeah. Relational security is what I think plants and it thrives in an environment where there is forgiveness and grace and a framework of reconciliation amongst a body. And that's because we're not, we're not, um, we're not a community in the sense that the world has community. You know, we're a family knit together by one faith, one confession, yeah. one baptism. And so we're going to function at a much higher level if we partner with mm-hmm. what God has given us. Yeah. And I think forgiveness is a crucial element of that. Yeah. Um, that's why part of me 
slash most of me enjoys, you know, I didn't grow up in a high church setting Mm -hmm. with structure. So I can totally see why I am more positive to that expression of faith than someone that did and they're reacting the other way. So we're each reacting, but it's okay. I'm reacting in a better direction. Yeah. Give, yeah. Give my give reaction is better than your own grace. He's like, it's complex. Um, but <laughs> when we do have, you know, systems of prayer and it's like, Oh yeah, this is the prayer of confession. I pray. I think there's a way for it to not be wrote, but to be regularly confessing our sins mm-hmm. to God, um, can, being quick to confess to one another, having the courage to show weakness. Um, and then, um, I mean, I think we, we all have situations where we need like some type of like grace to forgive <laughs> other people. And like, we all have people in our lives that are still, you know, there, whether yeah. or not we want to admit it or we fully blocked it out. And we're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, those systems create channels for exercising the responsibilities we have for transformation they are not in and of themselves transformative. They you mean like a prayer or something? Right. Yeah. They, they create an avenue for that to occur. But well, yeah, I'd rather be reminded to confess from a, a system that I put myself in mm-hmm. than to not confess ever. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. yeah, it might be months that a person sits in a pew mm-hmm. and thinks of their, yeah. their sister or their coworker right. until they finally confess. But they've heard that for months. Yeah, and it's on their conscience and eating away at them until finally the the camel's back breaks. Right, um, and you're gonna like this. I, we we'll end. I'm here. ready to. We'll like end it. here because end we're not here. gonna go into the 98 minute like we normally do. <laughs> um, a a German man named Martin Luther Luther <laughs> once said, "Let your sins be strong, um, and the grace of God stronger." But he said it in German. So it sounded like, I'm just kidding. Um, and the idea is that when you're confessing or when you're thinking about your sins, don't try to like minimize them or downplay mm-hmm. them, but like say them to their fullest extent. Yeah. Even if it's something that you don't really want to admit and not, which I think, yeah, I think has some pretty cool implications for today's context that we're not going to talk about. Um, but it's like, why are we afraid of letting our sins be strong it's because we're not actually trusting in the strength of the grace and the forgiveness that we have and so it's like if you want to get do a little bit of confession you get a little bit of forgiveness if you want to do a bold confession you can get some bold forgiveness so yeah um, careful you might jonathan edwards it (laughs) chris i'm not going that far i I, let's go i'll take us there the sinners in the hands uh, of an angry i don't think jonathan edwards drank as much beer as martin luther that's true he probably would have mellowed out some if he did. Did I tell you I was I went to Wittenberg? No. Saw the door, <gasps> saw the church, saw his house. Did it feel transcendent? Little uh table talks, living room. That's so cool. Um Yeah, it's kind of cool. Huh. It is like it's kinda cool. It's well, there's those things where you you see this site and you're like, this is supposed to, like you go and see the Mona Lisa, you're like, oh that it's the Mona Lisa. It's there. You know, like you want it to feel epic and it did. It just was like, I was, oh, okay, this is where it all went down. That's but, why you have to prepare yourself. Oh, right? I, you prepare your I heart. I literally read Martin Luther. I took classes on Martin Luther. We're homies. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, this is my, uh, the real my hero boy is his nun wife. No but. doubt. Katerina von 
Bora. Bora. Yep. There you go. Whom I said you should name your dog, but you went with. I want to name Celine. Selena Scriptura. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to name my upcoming daughter, uh, Katarina. So, I thought it was Lorm Ipsum. I do really like Lorm <laughs> Ipsum a lot. But if you uh, if you're out there and you know my wife, lay the pressure on her to Katarina. 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 What? Uh, Katarina. I don't know. We haven't. Well, we haven't even settled on a first name, let alone a a middle and thankfully the last name. We don't have to sort that out because she'll take our last name. But anyways, all right, listener, hopefully this has been encouraging for you. Uh, if you have ears, let ye hear. Yeah. What's your next, <laughs> what's your next step? Do it. Yep. We all have relationships in our life that need grace that we need to, we need to be the people transformed by grace who pursue peace not wait around not say so and so needs to apologize to me we need to pursue peace and have a tenacity and a passion that's rooted in in our own experience and if we don't feel that then we need to go to christ we need to uh uh, seek that out that he plants that fire in us that says i'm not going to settle for broken relationships as far as it is in my control so hopefully you've been encouraged by that today and drills insights on the uh, masterful insights. Yeah. The implications of the forgiveness we've seen amongst the body of believers. Jarrell, thank you for coming. Until next time. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.